0: Assalamu alaikum. It's Fahan, and you're listening to the New Best Tea Talk Podcast. <laughs> Hope everybody's feeling good, ready to start your Friday, nice Shummah today. And we're here to recreate in podcast form what happened last year at my local mosque sister circle, where a few of us got together. And I was able to run a session on all things halal personal finance. Whether it had to do with budgeting, halal investing, pensions, we covered all of it. And at the end of the session, I asked my sisters to share with me what further questions they had so that I could go through it with you in podcast form. So thank you so much for joining me. And let's get started. So the question this week asks how to prepare on buying a house. And that's a great one because at the time that you start to earn an income and you have in your mind, I would love to own my own home, uh, the process of saving up for the deposit and getting a mortgage and finding the property and knowing exactly where it is that you would like to live or where is it that you want to uh, buy the property, they feel like uh, long-term goals. And uh, what I've come to find is that summarizing it and saying that those three steps are the be all and end all of it kind of belies what in fact is actually happening which is there's a lot of other steps in the middle um, that I feel that embracing those as much as possible and making sure that they are not the ones that kind of trip you up along the way Uh, allows you to feel uh, more confident and super prepared to put down the offer and inshallah get it accepted and feel that what comes after that will continue to be as smooth as possible. So effectively in approaching this question I thought what does it look like for someone to be as prepared as possible for the home buying process? first and second i wanted the tips that i would share to be as practical as possible so where do we start uh, I thought I'd come up with three main areas to discuss with you. The first one, you'll be pleased to know, is, starts with the actual search for the home. Now, you almost want to feel like, what is the order in which I do all of these things? Do I start saving a deposit, not knowing somehow, what's going to be happening in the next 7, 10 years or 5 years, or whatever your time frame is? Or uh, do I start looking maybe when I'm ready to buy and that kind of thing. However, saving for a home is as good a reason as uh, as you could have because it's a, a really nice uh, long-term goal to have and it's a great motivation to uh, make sure that you uh, get rid of uh, any debt that you have and start thinking for the long term. Now, for this episode, we're not going to go into the details of saving um and where that fits into your budget and all of that however instead i'm going to dive in uh, and start with a very practical point which is to get a second email address where you're not going to mind receiving lots of uh uh, advertisements from sales agencies and all manner of emails uh, as a result of you having signed up to Rightmove, move zoopla as well as um different realtors uh, to facilitate your home search. Why do I do this is because that is one thing that cannot be understated. You'll be receiving loads of emails. And because of that, let's say that you use that same email uh, for all manner of things, first of all. And second of all, what if you use that same email for the actual process? You kind of panel uh, and don't want to get confused and I mean, I, one of my kind of core uh, beliefs when it comes to uh, personal finance is that consumer protection is like number one and you have to kind of protect your inbox. So um, you don't want to I don't know if this is like the most effective way to uh, protect you from um, fraud or that kind of stuff. But I do feel like having an email address where you quite literally don't care about getting spam kind of separates it from the email address that you will use for the communication with your lawyer. And what happens that can almost become like the feed through which you look through stuff Uh, And you also won't hesitate to sign up to different realtors. And that kind of means, yeah, you most certainly should... uh go to a viewing, especially if you've never done one before for a home that you might want to purchase in five seven ten years why is because it's a great way for you to visualize exactly what it is that you are after but secondly it it starts to get you into planning mode and it kind of activates the side of you which is more analytical is more uh, focused is more practical in the approach to this because I feel that I don't know if there is anything more emotional than the thought of buying a home. It's so exciting and it is, subhanAllah, like such a great thing to look forward to. Oftentimes, when you have a mismatch of your feelings, of reactions, and the feeling of wanting to take all manners of mental shortcuts, the moment that you find the place that you really want and you want to just hit go, um, I feel like not falling trapped to that and almost being like okay we're nowhere near getting to the point so you're actually instead saying look i'm on square one so that means you know i can approach this as an incredibly rational decision so that when it gets (laughs) closer to the period you can uh, allow yourself to get a little excited you're uh, making the most of the fact that you can approach the house search almost with ice running through your veins the better And you should embrace that opportunity. So what does that mean? That means that you shouldn't hesitate to start running some numbers. Uh, And uh, getting into the flow of problem solving this is really helpful. Um, And realtors uh, can help you with this because in conversation with them, especially when you're not really that worried about revealing too much about yourself, because we're talking about a house search that, might be two years three years four years away and here you know these numbers might be incredibly scary or they might be feel like super unaffordable but i feel like the it almost doesn't matter where it is that you start looking for a home the whole idea is to be like okay so for this property this is how much a 20 percent deposit is worth this is what that particular amount of money gets me if i compare it to the other property where is the value between this one and that one when it comes to personal finance and understanding money in general you want to know what a pound is worth and so when it comes to home buying you want to know what you're getting for any sum of money because that way it empowers you as the decision maker. And then when let's say we fast forward a certain amount of time when you're ready to do it, you will feel a lot more confident because you know that you're getting a good deal. If you know nothing about it, you won't know what is a good deal and what's not. So um, I feel that starting to do viewings, as early as possible, the better. And I didn't like the prospect of having emails coming through from realtors uh, for seven years. It's kind of fatiguing. So having a separate email address for that, so that you, when you're in the mind frame of going through it, you can really go through it, the better. Um, because you don't want to get fatigued. Um, the point of this is simply giving yourself some knowledge um, and you should feel like it's a learning curve and I'm sure it goes with good reason there is a little bit of uh, you know conflict of interest between you and the realtor if you go into a house and you're like I really want this house but you're not at that stage right because you're like I'm just literally just here to learn more about the real estate market you won't have your uh, back against the wall when you're having a conversation with a realtor and so uh i almost almost want to be like so what is the what is the end goal the moment you find the place that you want at uh, inshallah to purchase you want it to be where you're you finalize the terms of sale and you give the realtor the details of your solicitor And you tell them, can you please send the memorandum of sale to my solicitor and we can pick it up on Monday. And to get to that point, it implies a level of preparation beforehand. And it implies that you are someone who, as the question stated, is super prepared to buy a house. And so that kind of brings me to my second point. Whilst the first one was more related to getting yourself into the rhythm of knowing what it means to run the numbers on a property um, so that you kind of understand what's worth what and fill in the gaps for yourself irrespective of where you are in having the deposit uh, ready. And the second point is having a really good team of advisors around you, namely your solicitor. So your solicitor is the uh, legal professional that's going to help you through your home buying process and you'll be paying them a fee for their work. Now, whilst on their end it's a very standard process for you, it's the first time that you would be going through this. So looking back, this is actually a really great one to spend some time thinking about. So what is the worst case scenario? I'll tell you what the worst case scenario is. The worst case scenario is if your solicitor gets recommended to you by the realtor. So now <clears throat> you don't want to feel like you have to do that because you're in a rush, you found the place and you just want to get going and you hadn't really gotten your solicitor in line or worse still, you might think it is it might be too difficult to find one. How do I know what what's a good one or not? Like, I, I, I trust this guy. Let, let me just go with what they recommend. Surely, it's pretty standard. Now, uh, so that's like the worst case scenario. Equally as bad is if you take the first one that you find online. And I would say that. Also, just taking the one that is recommended to you by a friend is also not necessarily a good a, a good option because in all of these situations, you're only going with one option. And another thing that I try to commit myself to in any situation is always getting a second opinion. Um, having that as like your baseline will, I think, over time help you make better decisions and equally wherever I can I try to leave a Google review especially if I've had a great experience with something and I feel like sometimes you know the thought of leaving a review might have like a a bad um, connotation but I first of all try to commit to giving really good reviews especially and that way I can uh, you know I can scream at my heart's content how much I enjoyed their service for instance like if I travel someplace and I stumble upon a hotel that perhaps is not like uh, is super underrated you want to give back a flag online that is actually a really great place to go that kind of stuff but coming back to finding a good solicitor I do have a very very short list of things that matter when looking for a solicitor but I'm going to get to the punchline first of all which is simply to use a comparison site and one that I found really helpful is one that's called www.reallymoving.com so com, and that is effectively a comparison site for uh, solicitors and so beyond avoiding a tie-in and finding one as soon as you start looking or even if it's years in advance, and I'll explain why. And having committed yourself to getting a second opinion, another thing to bear in mind is uh, solicitors. It doesn't actually matter where they are based, so long as they're based in England. Like that's not an issue. You could have, you could be buying a house in London, and and your solicitor be based in like other places. It doesn't matter. So yeah, those were the first four. The next five. I have here is signing up to a solicitor allows you to kind of when you're not under pressure it, it kind of allows you to gauge how quickly they respond to your emails how they are like when they respond and you can ask them questions you can ask them about their communication frequency how quickly they how often you can expect to hear from them the next thing is to ask for a full fee breakdown so what does that mean if you're not sure you should ask is this the full fee breakdown because that way when you get the quote you're able to see and very easily compare like for like and um i found the comparison site did that automatically But if you do that, your next question is probably like, what is it that I'm looking for? And my next point is making sure that they're regulated. So the regulation that is like standard is called the SRA regulation, which is the Solicitor's Regulation Authority. That's another thing that will clearly be signposted, whether or not they are SRA regulated. And then this other one is, I'll leave it up to you if you want to go with this. I would... Do it because I've had it before where uh, a property sale falls through, especially during COVID, it was like really bad. And so, you want to get what's called a fixed fee, no completion, no fee arrangement. So, you know that that's going to be the fee that you are charged. So, you get a fixed fee, so you have a cap, and you are almost paying extra so that if it doesn't complete, you're not going to get a fee. So instead of like paying three different solicitors or the same solicitor 600 pounds for every single, uh, just because they did a tiny bit of work for three different properties that fell through, you are going to stick with one solicitor and maybe you're paying them a bit, More, but it will be for the full amount and for the fact that you've completed the deal. And if they don't complete, if the the sale doesn't complete, you're not liable for the fee. And then another one is related to the questions that you should ask, which is uh, confirming the number of solicitors that they have in the company. Because if they only have seven people, it just goes to follow that if four of them are on holiday, your case might not be covered at all times and so going to a firm that maybe has 20 plus solicitors that is also perhaps a good sign Uh, but I would definitely uh, focus on getting a full fee breakdown uh, observing them when you talk to maybe two or three you don't have to talk to loads of them just because Hopefully, you'll be able to uh, cross out a few through the comparison site. It's a way that even if you are recommended by a friend, you're able to kind of have a criteria through which you evaluate the kind of recommendation that they gave. And so, yeah, so let's say you started to run the numbers uh, and starting to learn what does it mean to run numbers on a house Uh, you're starting to learn how what kind of questions to ask uh, realtors Uh, you're going on a few viewings you're kind of getting a sense of what's valuable what's not valuable in a home maybe you do some desktop research as well you're kind of working out the art of the possible uh, when it comes to uh, buying a property and then second of all you can for sure uh, get a get a solicitor and if you're not close to, to buying a house they'll literally for them it makes no difference to just have you on standby what will then happen is maybe the week before you might have to tell them look i'm getting closer to potentially uh, agreeing terms of sale on a property i'll keep you updated and so forth but knowing that you're good to go that can give you like a uh, a great deal of comfort now the last bit is more what you can do with the benefit of time on your side is check if your financial house is in order in when it comes to things like your credit score now i'm not a huge fan of a credit score in the sense of trying to get the best credit score possible by having a lot of proof that you're really good at paying down debt because that's like not a really positive exercise what you want to do is check on things like are you on the electoral register do you have proof of address (laughs) and is the proof of address that you have all up to date do you have it for all your previous uh, properties and also to check your credit file so there are three different credit agencies in the uk and you can quite easily and very often for free check your credit file at all of these three places. And here I'm gonna just uh, take a step back and discuss the credit score in a little bit more detail. So what is a credit score? So a credit score is effectively a composite index representing a range of information about your risk rating. And why do they need some type of rating is because they are the uninformed party, they don't know you. And so they, by going through the screening process, by looking identifying a certain list of criteria and checking how you match against that that is a way for you to reveal more information about yourself and the more positive information that you reveal the more confident that they feel that you are a good candidate for the mortgage etc now this method of screening happens in all walks of life, right? It even happens with university applications, it happens uh, with job applications, all sorts of stuff. So it's the idea that the underinformed party can kind of induce others to reveal more about themselves. um, And as a result, companies like credit agencies have come about because they do that with greater sophistication. And so uh, there are different things that do affect your credit score. That you can take the time to at least keep an eye on and one thing i really do like to keep an eye on is also how your name is spelled <laughs> in different locations um so yeah that is also something to keep in mind but let me go back to the credit agencies so i said there were three of them so the two biggest ones are experian and Equifax, and there's a third one called transunion and so uh, let's take Equifax, for example. Uh, there is a website called clearscore.com, which is a, r- a really helpful tool to use um, to, to check your credit score. And it relies on the Equifax uh, credit rating. And this brings me to another tiny distinction, which is the distinction between a hard credit search and a soft credit credit search. So if you apply for a credit card, that is a hard search. So having a lot of hard searches on your credit file is a negative thing, but checking your credit score through something like clearscore.com counts as a soft search, so that doesn't affect your credit score and so that's what you can do and the reason why I do this is simply to avoid surprises to check everything is in order and effectively just you know for general housekeeping now um why is this helpful in the long run of course it can help you avoid things like identity theft etc but I find that if you've never checked your credit score like this before as in you've never looked at your credit file it's Worth doing, uh, especially if you're quite far away from the moment where you need to make such an application, because uh, your credit file there's a certain amount of years where anything that happened before that doesn't count. So, if you keep an eye on it for let's say six or seven years, there's a high chance that you'll spot anything that is wrong so you can correct it uh, and have that not impact your credit score. And so it is not an exercise to try to make you improve the score. It's simply to try to check that nothing is wrong. Um, And that is also uh, a a thing that you can do to avoid uh, surprises and uh, to get yourself prepared when it comes to uh, the home buying process. Now, I feel like... um, A lot of the examples that I gave today, um, I talked about avoiding tie-ins, so avoiding recommendations uh, just out of sheer convenience. Uh, I talked about uh, always getting a second opinion uh, and I talked about the fact that uh, home buying can be pretty emotional, so um, trying to get the emotion out of it by putting yourself in the driver's seat as much as possible are all things that don't simply relate to home buying but they can relate to life admin in general and all of this is effectively to just try to make us feel like we have more agency and are moving towards our goals which I feel like you almost need especially when the savings goal is very long term and perhaps uh, some of the examples i gave uh, maybe you will go on a few viewings this weekend or you will look at uh, different solicitors on a comparison website or you'll check your credit score all of these things are practical things that you can um take away you know to me it doesn't really matter whether it's five, 10, 10, 15, 20 years from now taking the time to put in a bit of effort to uh make these choices will hopefully really help us in the long run, uh, inshallah. So that was all I had for this episode. Thanks so much for the question. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, I've been Fahdi Ramhashi. This is the Nisim Vest Talk podcast. I will see you next juma Bye for now.